0: Go for the midnight dares, go for the game,
1: go for the hits, go for the fans, go for the win, go to Ocean Casino Resort, book your trip at theoceanac.com. Hey, 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 welcome back, it's your boy D-Gun, this is Draft Takes, brought to you by the Jacob Media YouTube Network. Uh, This particular Draft Takes recap show is powered by IBEW Local 98. Mark Lynch, uh, your business manager. Once again, a shout out to everybody out there for following us since Thursday, Friday, Saturday on all of our NFL coverage we've provided. We've had some great shows. We had a big show Thursday night at the Ocean Casino out there in Atlantic City. Fabulous turnout by people. Of course, another draft show on Friday night as well. And of course, we've done all these draft takes all day long. I've been. I've been been able to have a call on some great guests throughout the day. And I figure, what would be the perfect icing on a cake for a draft takes day? A guy who I consider one of the most knowledgeable, insightful, thoughtful uh, writers and reporters in this region. Uh, He used to work for the Philadelphia Inquirer. He moved on and now writes for The Athletic. Uh, I love reading his stuff because every time I read something from this guy, Zach Berman, I step away and I go, Hmm. That makes sense. And so, Zach, I can't thank you enough for coming on, man. How you been? It's been a while since we've chatted. Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing well. I appreciate the nice words and it's, it's great to be on with you. Hey, all right. Let, let's dive right into it, because I know you have other commitments to worry about. First of all, in a general sense, uh, give me your overall take on what Howie Roseman and the Eagles were able to accomplish this draft. I give them credit for what they accomplished on Thursday night
0: in particular, right? AJ Brown to me is a difference making player. If, if you had told me going into the weekend that they would acquire AJ Brown, it would cost them the number 18 pick. And they, and they wouldn't have to give up their second round pick. I would say that's a very good outcome for the Eagles. He's 24 years old. Uh, and we've seen the past few years, the variability of drafting a receiver, you can like all the receivers in the in the draft, but mm-hmm. you don't know. This is more of a known entity. And so they had to pay a price in terms of draft picks, and in terms of contract, but I think he moves the needle. I think Jordan Davis moves the needle. I understand there's concerns about him as a pass rusher, or questions, rather, yeah. about him as a pass rusher, but this was a player who was one of the best players on the best teams in college football on the best team in college football last season was named the best defensive player in the country. The reason why he's available in the teens and not the number one pick in the draft is because there are those pass rushing questions, but he is off the mm-hmm. chart size and athleticism. Uh, and I I think that is both a short-term and a long-term need for the Eagles. So I'd like what they did there. And then I, I thought they, they did solid on the, on day two. Um, we'll start with the third pick, Kobe Dean, because yeah. in his case, I I I can't tell you that their that that their medical assessment is correct. What I can tell you is they're confident in their medical assessment, and if mm-hmm. if they are correct and he doesn't need surgery and he's going <laughs> to play this year, then that could be a potential steal in the third round. We can discuss the second round pick with on Cam Jurgens. I, th- I I think it was fine value. I kind of questioned the resource allocation of two years okay. in a row drafting an interior offensive lineman. And I, I don't know why there's such a push to find Jason Kelsey's replacement. Nonetheless, find value, and I think that's a, that's a good player. Uh, they, they, they really didn't have draft volume, so you can't really assess much today on day three. But I think they are a better football team on Saturday than they were on Thursday by a bigger margin than I would have expected going into the weekend.
1: Okay, so let's let's start at the top of the number one pick, uh, Jordan Davis. Um, were you surprised, first of all, that they leapfrogged over uh, Baltimore to get this young man, and they gave up the eight, uh, 15th and the one hundred first uh, picks in the draft to get him?
0: Well, I, no, I'm I'm not surprised <laughs> that that they jumped Baltimore because I, I think Baltimore was a potential destination, and if you like Jordan Davis that 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 much, you should go. And, 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 and try to get them, you know, they, they gave up a uh, three day, three day, three picks in the process. And I, I, I don't want to belittle what they gave up, but yeah. it's, it, I mean, to me, it's, it's, uh it's pocket change, if you will, for the big prize. And uh, now where I, I, I would kind of question them is, could they have gotten Kyle Hamilton if they stayed at 15, mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. and we don't know the answer to that, but I I think when you when you're talking about that high in the draft, if you feel like you can get a difference maker and it's only going to cost you day three picks, mm-hmm. go and get it. Don't leave it up to chance because uh, it's it's like the expression in the stock market. It's 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 better to be you know a, a week early than a day late, right? You yeah. Know, oh you, yeah. You you you'd rather be two picks early than one pick late.
1: Okay, so. They go for a defensive tackle. Now, they had a pretty good trio. They bring Fletcher Cox back in a one-year deal. We know Javon Hargrave is, uh, has one year left in his deal. We saw a lot of promise from the young man, Milton Williams, in 2021. Did they need another D-tackle at this in this particular draft that high?
0: That's a good question. I would frame it that they needed a defensive difference maker. And I think Jordan Davis can be a, a, a defensive difference maker. And I, I think short term, he's going to have a, a role for you in particular on running downs. He can change the way you play defense, at, you know, in in terms of your looks, your combinations. And then I think long term, he can grow into a bigger role. If if you want to kind of be skeptical here, uh, right. uh, then I, I I would say maybe they, that, they shouldn't have been in such a rush to bring Fletcher Cox back after deciding to, you know, do the post June first release, right? Maybe they could have allocated those that cap space elsewhere. But to me, you can't have enough good players on the defensive line, and I, I think Jordan Davis can change your defense on the defensive line. So I, I don't look at it as much in terms of. The position, I look at it more in, in in terms of he's a defensive difference maker and they can use a defensive difference maker.
1: And I will pose this to you as I did other guests I've had on this uh, uh, draft take show throughout the course of the day when we've talked about Jordan Davis. Um, the one thing that I do like, okay, so you basically got a refrigerator on two legs who's going to come in here and play, play in the trenches for this team. And, and who better for him to learn under than a Fletcher Cox and a Hargrave? Um, Not only that, but considering the Eagles, what they gave up in capital to get him some of the pressure now is off him because he doesn't have to come in here and play every down, you know, he only played like 38% of the snaps at Georgia last Mm -hmm. year. And I think that's about what they're going to do with him here. I mean, you got a lot of money invested in, in two D tackles, plus another young D tackle as well to rotate. So I think it benefits him to, to watch and learn uh, from these proven veterans and also um, not to have so much more pressure on him to be a man right now, especially coming into a hardcore, passionate sports market like Philadelphia. Sure. That's a, that's a valid point. Uh, the, w- the
0: way I look at it is if you're writing down who has a chance to be a top-of-the-league player, that's, mm-hmm. that's really what you're looking for, especially early in the draft. I'm, I'm, I'm not so fixated on what their week-one role is going to be. Uh, but you propose a good point in, in terms of how they can ease him in, find a role for him, and then he can grow. I look at it more, all right, what's he going to become? And if he can yeah. become a difference maker at a near premium position, which defensive tackle is, then to me, that's, that's a good pick to make because uh, we, we, you know, Joe Douglas used to say, uh, and he learned this from Ozzie Newsom, that mm-hmm. today's luxury is tomorrow's, is, is tomorrow's necessity. And that's mm. absolutely the truth uh, because we, we saw it last year, by the way, with Landon Dickerson. They take yeah. Landon Dickerson in the second round. By week two, he's starting. So get the best players you can get. Lean toward the premium positions. And and I, I think that's the best way to go, and that's what they did with Jordan Davis.
1: I, I think it also shows that Howie's um, mindset and strategy has changed a little bit because he's now dipped into the SEC for a first-round draft pick two consecutive years in a row. How many times did we chastise this organization for neglecting the SEC, which is the elite, the premier conference in all of college football in back-to-back years now? He's gone back to the SEC to find his, his key and marquee players. And to take that a step further, he's not just yep. going to the
0: SEC. He's going to the national champions, right? He's going to the yes. best teams in, in the SEC. And there's something to be said about that, right? I mean, you know, they can uh, – uh, no disrespect to say – you know, Mississippi state or, or, or Vanderbilt or, you, you know, but, but they can draft players from the sec who who don't necessarily move the needle. If you watch Georgia's defense play, you say, give me some of those guys, right? If you watched yeah. Alabama yeah. play when, you know, you say they need some of those players. Uh, and I, I, I give them credit there because these are blue chip players. And the other thing, and you saw this with Devonte Smith, and you saw it yep. with Jalen Hurts and you saw it with Landon Dickerson mm-hmm. When you draft those players, the stage often isn't too big for them, right? Mm. uh, You know they've 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 been there. There's there's not you know we we talk about the jump from college to the NFL. Um, It's for Jordan Davis. He's he's played on the big stage before many times. Um, I don't think that's going to be an adjustment for him.
1: You know he's coming in as a national champion, but he's coming in from a town like Athens, Georgia. It's not Philadelphia. You know, I know these. A lot of times, these young young players come in here, and they're overwhelmed by the big city and the bright lights and things like that. Uh, you guys in the media had a chance to meet him on Friday, correct? Yes. So, sir. so, so, what was your initial impression of him? Obviously, he couldn't give you a whole lot, but what was your initial impression of him?
0: Uh, I I found him, you know, and and, and again, it's a limited interaction, but uh, a nice, personable, thoughtful person. Right. You know, I spoke to his mom afterwards who was saying just just how how, you know, you know, sweet and kind he is. You see someone who's who's six foot six and three hundred forty pounds. Yep. And you might think one thing of him. Right. You know, I mean, he's he's to use Nick Sirianni's expression. He's the he's the guy you want leading you off the bus. Right. You want yep. Yep. the other team to see him. Um, but when you talk to him and from my understanding, when you get to know him, uh, just, you know, a, a, a sweet, nice guy who who. Um, you know, likes being around others was very popular at Georgia. Uh, and I imagine he'll be popular in the Eagles locker room as
1: well. All right. So, so the Eagles dropped the big bombshell of the first round and they, they give up the 18th pick and some other capital as well. And obviously when you watch the way the board fell, there was a run on wide receivers. There was like four or five good. We consider marquee receivers in a the draft. They were all gone. And the Eagles dropped a bombshell. They make this deal with Tennessee, and they bring in this kid named A.J. Brown, who in three years has already shown you that he is one of the elite pass catchers in the game today. Did did that catch you off guard? And what was your initial thoughts when that happened?
0: Well, excuse me, it it caught me off guard in the sense that, uh, you know, it's not necessarily a move I expected to happen in real time during the draft, right? Like a, often a, a move like that, you'd expect. You saw Tyreek Hill traded. You saw Devonte Adams traded. Big time players get traded in this league, and and he wanted a a, a new deal, so you knew mm-hmm. it was a possibility. But live when you're on the clock, you don't see that too often, right? No. And, and Howie Roseman even said that uh, it was con- it wasn't contingent upon which receivers were on the board. It was contingent upon a contract extension and negotiate. You know. It, just to negotiate a four-year, hundred million-dollar contract with fifty-seven million dollars guaranteed, right? You know, like there's there's a lot of dynamics at play there. So uh, yeah, was surprised that they were able to get that all done when they did. It was it was clearly something that had been in the works, um, but not totally surprised that they went out and got a receiver like AJ Brown because mm-hmm. they've they've been in the market this offseason. season. I mean, I mean you know this. They were interested in. Christian Kirk, they were interested in Allen Robinson. They would have been interested in Calvin Ridley had that been a possibility. So it doesn't surprise me that they'd go after someone who's a marquee young player like A.J. Brown, Um, but it's just just a matter of are they willing to pay the price in terms of the picks, and are they willing to pay the price in terms of the contracts? And Howie Roseman's very seldom been reluctant to do that when he's able to do so.
1: All right, so you bring in a guy like A.J. Brown. Uh, He's only been in the league three years. He's only 24 years of age. He's coming into a situation where there's a plethora of young wide receivers. You know, when you talk about Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, you know, John Hightower, does, does AJ Brown automatically become the leader in the wide receiver room because of what he's already accomplished in this league?
0: Yes. A, what he's already accomplished. And B the fact that they paid hundred million dollars or that they gave him that contract, right? Like he's, he's, he's an alpha. Now, uh, in addition to that, Devontae Smith is the is a number one receiver who was the Heisman Trophy winner and was their first round pick last year, and he's he's not a guy who takes the backs to either. That's a good situation for the Eagles, right? Yeah. When Nick Sirianni took over this team, uh, their their two leading receivers the year before were Travis Fulgham and Greg Ward. Now he has AJ Brown and Devonte Smith, and by the way, Dallas Goddard, who yes. you know we, we saw what he can do as a, as a top pass catching tight end. Uh, the uh, the way I, see, I I I see this, the Eagles have um, a top three that you're very happy with. The, the Eagles fans should be very happy with it. The Eagles should be very happy with it. And really, it, it gives Jalen Hurts no excuse, right? You can't say that they don't have the weapons around Jalen Hurts to adequately assess him. All right, mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts is going to succeed or fail on his own merit here. It's it's not going to be because the team didn't put the pieces around him.
1: Okay, I'm glad you brought up Jalen Hurts because I've been saying since this deal was made. um, Yes, there's more pressure now on Jalen Hurts to succeed, but we also have to keep in mind he's only been a a starter in the National Football League for one year. Luckily for him, finally, for the first time in like the last six, seven years, he's going to be in the same system for more than one year. We've heard all the stories about how he's working out in Southern California with these top quarterback gurus. Uh, he has a close relationship with AJ Brown. Supposedly, they're like very close friends. Yeah. So, how much leeway do we still give Jalen Hurts? Although we expect him to improve significantly this season.
0: Look, he's 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 the guy this year, right? He's going to have an opportunity. Um, and 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 to me, if you're a quarterback in this league, all yeah. you could want is that opportunity, right? He he's if if you want to say that the the uh, deck is is I don't want to say stacked <clears throat> against him, but the Eagles are leaving the door open next season. Right. He he doesn't have the uh, maybe the organizational support that Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or a quarterback that's drafted in the top 10 would. I don't buy into that so much. He's going to have a chance this year. If he plays well, he'll be the quarterback. If he if he doesn't make the necessary strides as a passer, um, then the Eagles have the, the draft capital next year to try and upgrade him um, or, or, or find an upgrade on him. But, but I think he's going to have a great chance this year, like you said, in the same scheme two years in a row uh, yeah. with upgraded players around him. Uh, he helped lead them to the playoffs last year, and he's going to have a chance to try to do it again this year.
1: All right, all offseason, Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman, Sirianni have all said, we're all in on Jalen Hurts for this year. Do you honestly believe um, they're, they're, they're all in with Jalen Hurts? I'm not going to say long-term, but do you also think that maybe they're already, they've already determined what he is and basically he is just the quick fix answer until maybe 2023? When you looked at the landscape of potential free agent quarterbacks, we knew Russell Wilson wasn't coming here. We knew Aaron Rodgers wasn't coming here. The draft class was considered mediocre at best and it panned out by the way the draft fell, and you look at how few quarterbacks went in the top rounds of the draft, do you think they've already determined what Jalen Hurst is or isn't to this organization and to this offense? And basically he's just a quick fix until they can use some of that draft capital in 2023.
0: Not necessarily. I I wouldn't okay. frame it like that. Okay. I think they're going to be as, as, as loyal as their options, Right. You know, if if they were able to land Russell Wilson this offseason um, or, you know, if the Deshaun Watson situation might have worked out differently, then maybe the Eagles have a, have a, a, a different starting quarterback, right? Um, and then next offseason, if 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 there's a rookie that they feel they can get who, who they feel has a higher ceiling than Jalen Hurts or if there's a veteran right. who they can trade for who they feel is a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts, they'll be in position to do that. But I keep going back to this. Jalen Hurts has the opportunity to keep this job. You're right. It's yep. not a foregone conclusion, and if you're a quarterback, all you could, all, all you should want is that opportunity. Um, I don't think they've they've determined what they're going to do off season. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, next offseason. What they've done yeah. is is built the resources, so if they do need to make a move, they're able to do it.
1: I will say this also, and you're there, uh, closer to the situation more so than I am. But if I were to pick a, a, a guy who I'd want to sit in my chair to play poker for me, it would be Jalen Hurts. You know, no matter what has been said, no matter uh, – and you know he's heard a lot of the, the scuttlebutt in the media and from the fan base. I think he handles himself with a lot of poise and and maturity far beyond his years. And then everything you hear about Jalen Hurts from the outside in is that this kid can handle pressure. You know, th- yes, that's a, that's a lot to ask of a 24-year-old kid to come into a major market like Philadelphia, to be thrust under the microscope the way he was, to have a fan base indifferent about you throughout the course of a season and not let that get under your skin? I would say with Jalen Hurts, the intangibles are off
0: the charts. Everything you hear about him uh, as, as a person, as a leader, as a teammate, from my understanding, it's all true and more, right? He's, he's, he's everything you would want your quarterback to be, let's say, you know, Monday to Saturday, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, then, but you know, he's a, he's a hard worker. He's a good teammate. He, he, he's, he's, he's built the right way. He needs to be more consistent as a pastor. He needs to be more efficient as a pastor. Uh, And, and and I'm not breaking news there. And I, I can't speak for Jalen hurts, but, uh, but like, you know, I, I, I imagine that, that he's, he's, he's seen the same situations that, that we have Now, Context matters, right? And and there's really? you know the players around you, um, the the scheme, whatever it may be. But uh, but he he needs to improve as a passer this year. The the best way I, I can frame it is this: we all saw Patrick Mahomes go against Josh Allen in the playoffs, right? We saw them go back and forth. Now it's yep. hard to find a, a, a Patrick Mahomes, and it's hard to find a Josh hmm. Allen, right? Uh, or or we saw Matthew Stafford make that throw. Against the uh Bucks, you know, and, and but what what I the calculus that the Eagles make is how can they get one of those quarterbacks? How can mm. they get a quarterback to win a game in late January? And maybe Jalen Hurts is that guy. Maybe he's not. But but that's the Bromner they're they're going to use. It's 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 who can they win big with?
1: Hey, going back to AJ Brown for a moment, you have to believe it's going to elevate the play of the guys around him because. He's the same age as these guys. He thinks like these guys. He speaks their language. Plus, he's got this big contract now. And if nothing else, we all know money motivates athletes. So I would imagine the likes, not just of Devontae Smith, he's, he's going to do what he does and get his, but Quez Watkins, John Hightower, you know, maybe maybe Jalen Rager. It's got to jack them up in terms of wanting to elevate their play and tapping into A.J. Brown's brain and. Hey, man, how do I get where you are? Sure.
0: You're right. I mean, if, 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 uh, what's the expression? Iron sharpens iron, right? There you go. You know, if that, if, if, uh, uh, uh to me, if, if Nick Sirianni talks about highly competitive people and the, and competition, then what you want are highly competitive people in your building, right? Um, and you want people who are not scared away by that. You want people who embrace that. You want people who, who, see an A.J. Brown coming into, into the building and they raise their game because of it. Not someone who's who's worried about losing touches, not someone who 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 says, how does this affect me? It They're going to raise their game because of it. So, yeah, I, I think that uh, if you have the right locker room and, and and by the way, when the Eagles won big in 2017, I think that's the way they were wired. Right. You know, they had yep. they had guys who were like that.
1: Um, all right, let's move on to the second round pick, uh, Cameron Jurgens. And I, I, like you said, you know, you, you had alluded to the earlier that you were surprised they dipped into the offensive line pool again. But they bring Jason Kelsey back in a one-year deal. He has been talking about retiring for the last three to four years. Do you think it was a good strategic move to probably get his heir apparent and have them and have that person train under a Pro Bowler like Kelsey?
0: I'm not saying it's it's a bad move to do it. I, right. I I I just wouldn't have like like that wouldn't be the impetus of my decision. Okay, if you think Cam Jurgens is is by far the best player on your board there, then you go and get him because you need good players, like we said. But if you if you go into it and say we need to find Jason Kelsey's replacement, I wouldn't operate that way. Right. Okay. First off, they have internal options. I mean, I mean whether it's Landon Dickerson, yes. Isaac Sayamalu, yes. Nate Herbig, yes. right? There's no shortage there. Also. Think about how they got Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey was a sixth round pick centers, not the type of position where you need to have this great succession plan where you exhaust a second round pick and somebody just because you want. And, and, and the other thing I'll say too, is Jason Kelsey, an outstanding athlete, right? We all know that, but what makes Jason Kelsey special is it's not necessarily just that, right? You can't just see someone who has the, this great Mm. athletic testing and can get to the second level, um, because there's much more that, that makes Jason Kelsey special. Um, so I, I think that if, if you think Cam Juergens can be a top-of-the-league center, um, there's no better environment for him to learn under than, or, or, or for him to grow in than mm-hmm. with Jeff Stoutland and, and and with Jason Kelsey. But I wouldn't make that the impetus of, of, of my decision. I would yeah. only draft Cam Juergens there if you felt that he was the best option for you, not part of the succession plan at center.
1: Hey, I see you have a fan here in the comment section. It says, Great to see Zach again. Miss DNL so much. Thank you, I Jerry B. That. Yeah, man.
0: Uh, I learned so much from uh, D gun on Quick Slants. I gotta tell you that. I wish I could go <laughs> back because I, I
1: learned I, I learned how to do this from, from working with you. Well, you you do it extremely well, my man. Obviously, you know, my my minimal tutoring uh helped you because you've taken it a long way in your ability to do what you do. So I can't take a lot of Thank credit you. for that. But when, when you look at – let's go back to Juergens again. When you look at him, now I'm getting the sense that he could be your starting right guard until he decides to move over. Um, they talk about him being versatile. And what do the Eagles like most? Offensive linemen who are very versatile, who can play multiple positions. Mm-hmm. They're saying he has the capability of sliding in their right guard hole because basically that's a, that's a job-wanted position. You know, We're looking for somebody to fill that role in 2022. And we've seen the Eagles do this before, start out a young lineman, Landon Dickerson, they started him out on the right side mm-hmm. last year. He wasn't comfortable on that side. Uh, Jeff Stoutland identified moving him to the left side might be his natural fit. And look at him, he took off. And I can see that possibly happening with uh, Jurgens until uh, Kelsey decides to retire, whether it's after this season or 10 years from now when he's still telling us he's thinking about retirement.
0: Yeah. I mean, if, if that's the case, that's a great outcome for the Eagles. I I don't know that. He was a center-only player. Uh, at Nebraska, he, it's, it's it's not a situation like Landon Dickerson where he played across the line of scrimmage in college. Um, but if, if you think he has the tools and the capability yep. to do it, it makes him more valuable, and it certainly helps him find a day
1: one role. All right, let's 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 talk about the third-round pick because that one was a shocker, not in terms of the Eagles drafting him, but in terms of him slipping that low. N'Kobe yeah. Dean, and I have said it on our – a uh, draft takes show Thursday night when we were live from um, Ocean Casino in Atlantic city, that if there was one linebacker in this draft that I would take in the first round and there weren't many, it would be N'Kobe Dean. I know he's undersized, but after watching him play all last season and his ability to get sideline to sideline and be disruptive to blitz, to find the open gaps in the blitz. I didn't think there was a better linebacker in the country than N'Kobe Dean. Were you surprised, first of all, that he didn't go in the first round and number two, that he was still on the board in the third round. Well, from a football perspective, absolutely. Right. He's, yeah. he's not a third
0: round player, uh, probably a late one, early two type player. Uh, now the, the, the medical questions, I can't answer that. And the only yes. people who can are the teams and, and those with insight there. And, you know, you've, you've, you've heard here uh, other teams say that, that, that there were concerns here. The yeah. Eagles were adamant. That was not the case. I mean, Howie Roseman said he's going to be on the field at minicamp next yep. week. Yep. He doesn't need surgery. He's going to play. I spoke to Nick Dean. You know, we did it as 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 a media last night. He says yep. he doesn't know where this came from. That you know, sir, you know, that that he's he's fine. He's he's ready to play. I'm always skeptical when it's almost as if you know more than the other uh, 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 than the other 31 teams, right? Like, you know, you, you got to think 31 teams here, or however many had picks. I know some teams didn't had, had, had cracks at him some multiple times and didn't do it. Uh, And so you're skeptical there. Like are are do you know so much more about his situation than these other teams, but they were adamant that he's going to be out there. And if you look at it from a football perspective, he, you're absolutely right. I mean, he's he's the type of player they haven't had in a long time, and he can change the middle of the defense.
1: Look at look at what they have now with Nicobe Dean, Kazir White they brought in, mm-hmm. and of course Hassan Reddick, who can put his hand down or stand up yep. on the outside. You know, we had we had uh, criticized the Eagles for years for neglecting the linebacking position. When you look at the wealth of talent all of a sudden they have now. I'm so excited about that position. I think more so than any other position on this team right now. You're right.
0: Now you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I, I think Kaiser white's a big upgrade for them and, and you know, TJ Edwards had a good year last year. And then yep. Dean really adds to it uh, with Hassan reddick. I know he's listed at a, as a linebacker. Uh, they didn't pay him $15 million to drop in the coverage. They paid yep. him $15 million a year to get to the quarterback. So yep. I'm looking at him like an edge rusher to me. Uh, whatever they, they, they list him at he's, he's, he's part of the edge rusher rotation to me, but you, you know, from, for we've seen in recent years what this team's put out there at linebacker, if N'Kobe Dean is healthy and he's the player that we saw with Georgia and if Mm -hmm. Kaiser white has the upside that you saw with the chargers and if TJ Edwards, um, can build upon what he did last year, that's a group that is much better. And I give them credit because they've neglected that in recent years.
1: When it comes to N'Kobe Dean, I think it was dirty pool because Zach, as you know, um, a lot of times um, agents and other teams will put out misinformation about players hoping they fall to them in certain spots. Um, And I'm so confused by this because Nicobi Dean said he was never told that he needed surgery um, on on this pec muscle. And he said basically um, he declined to have the surgery because he didn't feel he, he needed. And now we find out the Eagles deem him healthy enough to be ready to go in rookie camp. Other teams, thirty-one other teams, shied away from him. But look at the volume of money that it cost this young man just yeah, sure. because of a draft day rumor.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a shame. And he said that last night. He said he had to explain to his mother, you know, all the all the all the money that they lost. And if if it is just a bad rumor, that's 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 sad, right? It's it's yeah. there's yeah. there's no other way to explain it. That is sad. Um, you know, I hate to kind of put a spin on it because it is sad, but if, if he's healthy and he's as good as he looked at Georgia, that second contract's going to be bigger than the first one.
1: All right. Um, are there any other picks beyond that third round that intrigue you that you're going to be watching closely, uh, when they hit rookie, rookie camps and the OTAs and the mini camps and obviously training camp?
0: Well I I would just say that the tight end that that uh, that they drafted a a, okay. a Grant Calcutta uh, um I'm mispronouncing the last Calca- name Calcutta yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah Calcutta. sorry yeah. about that um yeah. you know he, he's an intriguing profile because he was a good player at Oklahoma who actually left football because of concussions and then came back last year at SMU and uh I I think he has has traits that go beyond what you'd find in the 6th round for mm-hmm a tight end so he can compete for that number two for that number two job uh it was a five-man class which is not heavy on volume very curious to see what they do in the undrafted market and then curious to see what veterans they add here because they i thought going into the offseason secondary was a major area that they need to improve yes um they haven't added anyone this offseason and they've lost rodney mcleod and they lost steve nelson so i get that they don't play a game until september I've seen this team add LeGarrette, Blunt in May. I saw them add Steve Nelson last July. I saw them trade for uh, Ronald Darby in August. So there's still time to add players. But I wouldn't be comfortable uh, Mm. if I was in that building with what they currently have. And I am in the building, right? But if I work in the building, uh, with with what they have in that secondary right now.
1: You know, the experts said this was a thin year for cornerbacks in the draft. And of course, we saw uh, Stingley and Gardner go back-to-back And but are you still surprised that in the draft, the Eagles didn't try to address the cornerback situation? Uh,
0: I I think they would have if they had more volume. Right. I I mean, the it's like we talked about at the top of the show with Jordan Davis, you know, ideally you stay at 15 and you hope he he falls to you. But if you like the player that much, you got to be willing to go and get him. Right. And uh, if you're trading for A.J. Brown, that's going to come with a price. Now, what I would have done was I would have traded back in round two and I would have built more draft inventory mm-hmm. because I do think volume is a good thing. I think that this, you know, if you just look at the hit rates of picks, the more volume, especially in those middle rounds, not necessarily late because sixth, seventh round, it's not that much different than, than who you're signing on the undrafted market. But in particular, round three, round four, if you could trade it back in round two, and I asked Howie Roseman that last night. And he said there wasn't really much of a trade market that was building for their second round pick. They could have traded back in the third round, but they didn't want to lose out on Dean. And then in the second round um, and, you know, to Howie's point, the picks after that teams weren't trading up into those spots. So I I do think that uh, in an ideal world, they would have traded back in round two, but they didn't do it.
1: We had Dan Silly on um, this draft take show earlier today. And, um, he mentioned that he had been hearing that the Eagles were going to sign Honey Badger, and it could happen by the end of next week. Have you heard anything else pertaining to that rumor? I know a lot of people out there, especially on our ca- uh, comment section here and in social media platforms have been talking about a, a a bond somewhere between Honey Badger and the Eagles organization. What can you add to that?
0: I could say that,
1: that there's been interest uh, this offseason and that
0: um, going into the draft, Oftentimes, there's kind of a halt on signing players because you want to see what you come out with. The Eagles didn't come out with a safety, so there's more demand there. Now, you can say that, uh, that that that, uh, that he has, you know, Honey Badger has, has more leverage now in negotiations, right? Yeah, um, you know, his price could in theory go up, but also the marketplace around him has, has changed. You know, teams have had, you know, the Saints drafted a safety in the second round, a corner yep. slash safety. The Chiefs, who if he was going to go back to the Chiefs, they drafted a safety in the second round. There have been teams that have added to that position in the draft. Uh, so the marketplace has changed. But I would expect the Eagles to at least see what the price is and to see if, if, if that's something that could be worked out because, in my opinion, he's the best safety on the market and the Eagles need another safety. I don't think they can go into this year – thinking Marcus Epps and Kayvon Wallace is enough.
1: Mm. Hey, Zach Berman, I can't thank you enough for taking some time to talk uh, football and specifically the Eagles draft here in 2022. Everybody out there, if you don't know, now, you know, you got to read Zach Berman's columns for the athletic, some of the most insightful material you're going to read on Philadelphia Eagles football and football in general. Zach, thank, thank you. you so much, my man. Absolutely. Thank you. D gun. All right, man, you take care. All right. Uh Draft 2022 is now all said and done. Uh, I'm looking at the comments section. People are ecstatic about Jordan Davis, A.J. Brown, and, of course, N'Kobe Dean coming to Philadelphia to play for the Eagles. I'm as excited as well to see how these players all fit in to the structure offensively and defensively of the Philadelphia Eagles as well. Hell, I, I can't thank you guys enough out there for tuning in to our Draft Takes coverage over the past three days from our uh three-hour, three four-hour sports spectacular uh, on Thursday night from Ocean Casino in Atlantic City to all of our draft take shows uh, since then. I also want to remind you guys, uh, Monday through Friday, from noon to 3 p.m. every day, it is Sports uh, Take with uh, Rob Ellis, myself, and Barrett Brooks. Of course, next week we're going to be talking more about the Eagles and the NFL in general. The 76ers are getting ready to play the Miami Heat. And for a couple of games, at least they won't have Joel and Bead at their disposal. And of course, we're going to talk about the Phillies as well. This edition of Draft Takes and our Draft Takes Recap has been brought to you by IBEW Local 98, Mark Lynch, Business Manager. Uh, also, don't forget make your summer sports plans and leisure plans as well right now at Ocean Casino Resort, the exclusive provider for all Jacob Media content. Go for the beach. Go for the win. This has been Draft Takes and Draft Takes Recap 2022. I'm Derek Gunn. For all of us here at the uh, Jacob Media YouTube channel and across the Jacob Media platform, thanks for tuning in. Keep smashing the like, bu- like button for us. Keep subscribing to the Jacob Media Network. and We appreciate it. Until next time, so long, everybody. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago and then the following morning. IBEW Local 98 members went back to work building this city, rescuing our communities from decay and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do and career opportunities with
0: Local 98, visit us, IBEW98.org.